Welcome back to Hug Your People, episode 37. A little perspective today. Maybe you could use some. I get. I wasn't aware where I got perspective till this week. I was talking with a good friend of mine, and uh, we figured out where I get perspective. So I want to talk about that a little bit in episode 37 of Hug Your People. Welcome back. All right, perspective. Um, I think it's important. I never knew how important it was until um, the end of March of this year. Perspective is really important. I'm in Charleston today, outside on my favorite bench. You can probably hear the wind chimes behind me. It's a little chilly, but um, and the wind's blowing lightly, but it really is a good place for me to sit and think and breathe out for a minute. So uh, this is where I do these things. But um, perspective is something that is intentional, really, for uh, for me and my wife uh, going through all this stuff. And it's, sometimes it's something that we don't even think that we're getting. And then we do. Um, and unfortunately, we most of the time when we gain perspective is at the expense of some people that we care about a lot. And um, that's that can be tough to swallow sometimes, all the time, in fact, but. Why is perspective important? You know, I think it reminds us to be grateful. I think it reminds us that no matter what we're going through, things could get could be worse. And there's always always good. You know, if you're having struggles in your job, you know, it's always good to remind yourself there are people out there that would trade their life for yours in a minute, and they would uh, not bat an eye at coming into your problems and giving you all theirs. And that really, um, it's really humbling to think about that in an honest way. But when you do, you realize that we complain about things that most of the time we shouldn't complain about. And even worse, we joke about complaining about them. You know, the first world problem syndrome. You know, there, there are people out there, kids out there who don't have clean water and we complain about our Wi-Fi being slow, you know, <laughs> When you say it like that and you put those two things back to back, it uh, it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. You know, we uh, I find a lot of people these days, they just want to be right. They don't, they're not really trying to um, look at a big picture. They're trying to look at a narrow picture and care for what impacts their life immediately the most. And um, I think that's... It's a big challenge uh, for our world, you know, and one of the things that really I was, you know, looking through my social media this morning and there was a, I don't know if the bill was passed, but it's on the floor at least of, you know, restricting Medicaid to people who can work, I think it's like 80 hours a month, which isn't a lot. And at face value, it seems like that probably is a good thing. And then... I wake up on the oncology hall at a children's hospital uh, where there's a parent in every room. And some of those people have been there for a few months. And I see the kids and I go to Ronald McDonald house this morning to shower and I see the families there. And it's real easy to see where that kind of thing could damage some, some people that need it. And so 
The only thing I could think about this morning, I chose not to chime in on social media because we all know that does no good. Like You're not going to change anyone's opinion by uh, social media. I, I regret that decision because I think perspective can be added if I just continue to share and not do the, do what's easy. So I'll probably go back to that post today and uh, chime in with a little perspective of you know things like that where we, we cater the, the, the one fell swoop to the people who may or may not be abusing the system. And the wake of that is harming people who rely on the system, who need the system for survival so that they don't lose the house, so they don't lose the car to get to the hospital. And I don't know enough about the bill to say whether that was, I mean, this was just the, the thoughts that came to my head because I think we do that a lot as we, we cater our opinions, we cater our policies, we cater our, um, our beliefs. We cater them to a small demographic of the big picture and we really have little to no concern about the wake that we, we might leave behind. And, um, you know, I look at a lot of the single moms on the oncology hall and I'm like, well, what if they're required to work 80 hours a week or a month and pay for daycare? What kind of job are they going to get where it allows them to be gone for six, seven weeks at a time to treat their child? You know, because don't forget, we were in Florida for seven weeks this summer. We're in the hospital now for five days. We're in the hospital if we go to the ER, we come down and we don't know how long we're going to be here. So who's going to hire me? You know, when I go in and say, I'm qualified, I'm able, but I may be gone for months at a time or weeks at a time or days at a time. And, you know, so I, I see what I see the point of things like that, of trying to regulate people who may be abusing a system or, or the process or anything like that. But we do that in schools, we do that in churches, we do that in hospitals, where we don't cater our help to the big picture, we cater it to a small demographic. And I find the challenge is that we say we don't, but we do. You know, I think it's ridiculous that kids have to pay for lunch in school. I just think it's absurd. Um, and I think it's ridiculous that kids are denied lunch in school because they haven't paid the two dollars or whatever it is uh, for the day. I think that's I think that's absurd. You know, um, I think it's kind of absurd that the idea is that we go to church and church is never brought to us. You know, um, I know we have the hospital pastor, preacher, religious, religious figure. I know that hospital person's here. I've never seen a church walk through the hospital. I know they probably do. I'm not saying they don't, but you see what I'm saying? Like we, we, we say, we say, come meet us where, where our beliefs are. Come meet us where our process is. Come meet us where our, um, standards are met and how many times are we going to other people and meeting them where they are so that for the, no other purpose than we can understand you know how many times is that happening how many times are you, we going to the kids houses the, the bad student at school how many times are we going to their house to see what it's like to meet the people in their in their circle in their household in their neighborhood in their community no we're not doing that 
all we're doing is saying you're not average based on a set of standards that the state has inflicted upon the entire student body, the entire school, the entire system. You know, now I'm not a teacher. I can't speak firsthand on how that works, but I, I do know that that's kind of the standard. I see it in the industries that I, I coach in, in real estate. You know, what's the standard in real estate? If you're not producing high dollars, you must not be successful. It's not true. It's not true. In coaching, if you're not charging 3000 a month or making 100000 a year, you're not successful. And that's not true. And so as we look at perspective, like one of the things that I discovered, I was talking to my friend Hank Aving this week. Um, there's a video on Facebook if you want to catch that conversation. But he and I, we have the relationship where two or three minutes into the conversation and we're in the deep end of the pool, uh, meaning we're not talking about the weather or politics or things that just don't matter. Um, we're talking about serious stuff, um, human stuff on a deep level. And so one of the things that he asked me this past time, what he's like, you know, how do you, how do you find your perspective? How do you, Kevin, find your perspective? I was like, you know, I never really thought of that. Like I've been really good at um, trying to help my clients and maybe, maybe some people listening to this help with their perspective. I know I have my perspective, but I never really was conscious about where I got it from. And then during that conversation, I realized I was like, well, you know what, Hank? I said, every Thursday I come to the hospital and every Thursday I'm the luckiest guy in the room because everyone else there is not doing as well as my son is. Not everyone there has the outlook that I have as far as treatment and, and beating cancer. Um, and so every Thursday, I get to be the luckiest guy in the room in one of the worst places in the world. And that's where I get my perspective. You know, um, and it's the truth. It really is. It's the truth. So no matter what we're going through, and I, I have, I have really close friends that have had things like a hurricane. They've lost their house to a hurricane, you know, and, um, still go to work. And I know it sucks. I know it does. And I wish I could do more even emotionally for them, you know, but, um, they stay positive. They keep going. Their boys are doing great. I'm sure it's a challenge, but they, they have a great perspective on it. You know, and I think if we just allow each other a little bit of forgiveness and stop trying to make people meet us where we are, and we go meet them where they are, we get a better sense of the big picture. We get a better sense of what this is about. We get a better sense of what actually needs to be done. You know, when someone in, in a Capitol building tells me they're going to require people to work 80 hours a week to qualify for Medicaid or 80 hours a, a, a month, sorry, 80 hours a week would be ridiculous. Um, 80 hours a month to qualify for Medicaid. My first thought is, well, that's probably a good thing. And then my second thought is, what about all my friends on the oncology hall that are, are, are unemployable because they're treating cancer? And they're relying on Medicaid because the hospital bills are absurd. And what the hospitals charge is absurd. And what big pharma charges for medicine is absurd. You know, if you follow me, I talked in our private Hug Your People group on Facebook. My son has to get one shot every six weeks. And that single shot costs $10,000. 
$10,000. Now, our insurance covers it, or it did. They sent us a letter a couple weeks ago that notified us they will no longer be covering that particular medicine. Um, now, our insurance covers it, but it's still $10,000. Our dosage on that is 0.16 milliliters. So we end up throwing 90% of that medicine away because it comes in a prepackaged dosage. So we throw 90% of a $10,000 medicine away that costs 10 grand that insurance covers. And our solution is let's make the parents work more. Now I get it. There are people out there abusing the system and I know that's why that sort of bill comes to the table. Um, but how are we gonna police that to make sure that people who are trying to do the right thing and just need a little help because the system actually is what's messed up, not the parents, by and large. It's not, it's not the people that are messed up, it's the system and we're trying to monitor the people with the system. And I think we gotta be real careful of that. We have to be really careful of that. So when you're looking through your perspective, what do you need to do to gain perspective? Where are you requiring people to come to you? And I see this all over the place. I see spouses requiring their spouse to meet them at their beliefs. Meet me at my standards. Meet me at my beliefs. Meet me at what, what I want. And you wonder why divorce is so high. If that's the pro if that's the process, you shouldn't have gotten married. And we use that same process in schools, churches, government, households, hospitals, libraries. It's the same process. And I think we have to stop walking through this world expecting people to meet us where we are. And we have to start stepping out and being confident enough in owning where we are enough that we can put ourselves in situations where we don't agree and don't fully understand and are there simply to gain understanding because maybe it'll change us in some way. If you think for a minute, the day I walked onto a pediatric oncology hall at a children's hospital, it didn't change me immediately. You would be mistaken. And it's different walking on there to give out hats and candy and toys than walking behind a gurney that has your son on it. It's a lot different. So you won't be changed by just visiting. That doesn't gain you any perspective. That gains you a little empathy, maybe sympathy, maybe some emotion. Sit down in a room and talk to a single mom whose only child has cancer and she got fired from her job because she can't go to work. And she's trying to keep things together. She has nobody to lean on except her. And she's trying to keep things together. And she's fighting as hard as she can. And most of the time, the people she's fighting are the people that should be helping her. She's fighting insurance. She's fighting government. She's fighting hospitals. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to say it. I don't see our world changing. That's not me being pessimistic, that's me being real. The reason it won't change is because of money. It's a brutal truth.
you know, I don't like using the word brutal in front of truth, but it is brutal when you walk on the halls I have to walk on and you walk through the things that I have to see, you know, and I wouldn't trade places with anybody right now based on what I know. But that's where I get my perspective. By being the luckiest guy in the worst place on earth. For me, you know. It's the worst place on earth for me. So before you complain about your Monday, before you complain about having to go Christmas shopping or having to cook dinner for your whole family to come over, before you complain about the tree not being straight or not being the right tree or the ornaments falling off or the dog kicking it over or peeing in the tree or the kids not listening to the elf on the shelf, (laughs) put a little perspective on it and maybe show up and meet them where they are. Meet your kids where they are. Don't require them to meet you where you are. You had a bad day at work, leave it at work. Come home to the excitement, come home to the fun. You know, because a lot of people out there would, they would, they would give anything to have a bad day at work and be able to come home to a house where everyone was healthy, (laughs) you know? So I'm going to put this back into my world a little bit because um, I wish I could meet you where you are. But unfortunately, podcasts are kind of a one-way communication stream, unless you reach out to me, which I hope you do. So let me put you in my world for a minute. Cancer has positively changed me in a lot of ways. It has made me a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better businessman. Um, And that's how I look at it. Doesn't mean I wouldn't trade it and go back and give it back to the universe if I could, but I can't. So that's what it does. My perspective now is when I'm feeling ungrateful, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling bad, I seek it out. I seek perspective. I beg for it. I look for it. I try to find it. And then when I find it, I go to the source and I meet the source where it is. So when I was having a conversation with Hank the other day, and the question was, how do you keep perspective? The easy answer was, I don't know, I just do. He and I are not letting me get away with that. You know, and that's what I love about Hank Avery. He won't let me get away with, I don't know, I just do. I just get through it. He's going to call me out on that and say, okay, but how? So we we dove deep on it and we found out. And I'm really glad we did because now I walk through the halls and I try to meet people where they are. Talked to my friend Andrew on the hall this morning. They had to extend his son's treatment. His son's doing well, as well as can be. They extended his son's treatment by three months, and I could tell he was bummed, and he should be. And I felt bad. I still do. You know. But I meet him where he is, or I try to, and that gives me perspective. So I hope whatever you're doing today in your life, I hope you seek out perspective. I hope you look at the people around you and show immense gratitude for them being with you because that's a choice. And I hope you really take time to be truly grateful 
for all you have and stop focusing on what you don't have. Because I think that's a problem that we face in this world as well. And we, instead of fostering the good, we try to prevent the bad. And just take a minute and foster the good for a second. See how that impacts your life. All right, there you have it, episode 37. That was a little deep and heavy for me, but perspective is important. I think it really is important no matter what you're doing in life. Um, The more perspective you can have, the better of a servant you can be to this world. And that's that. Baxley's Wagons going strong. We have been fortunate enough to receive a sizable donation from Brandon Advertising Agency and Myrtle Beach uh, through my good friend, Brittany Mullins. And... um, that was uh, really phenomenal. So I'll have more about that later, but we did receive a good donation to get some more wagons in the kids' hands this time of year, and we've got a big push coming uh, for that, so that's great. Next year is gonna be a great year. We'll, we'll Hopefully will be our official nonprofit launch for Hug Your People. We'll keep the podcast going, and all goes well. Actually, we'll hear the words cancer-free, so. I want to remind you to get out there and do the thing that we have to do every day, the thing that we do best, hug your people.